recording. Da, 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 da. Hello, everyone. We're just letting the um, our live stream onto LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube uh, go live. And then we're going to start this broadcast with Fresh Pack. Denzel, say hello to everyone. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Mute button problems. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Good to see you so, all. And yeah, go ahead, Max. Okay, so Simon, I'll, I'll do the proper intro in, in a moment, but we're still waiting for Facebook to click in because I don't think um, Mr. Zuckerberg has put his, uh, his 50 cents in the, in the meter yet. Do, do you want to just give a quick background on, on Freshback? A, a one-liner, what is Freshback? Start us off. Freshback, it's the Fresh Produce Impact Hub. And uh, essentially what we're seeking to do is define the problem. One of the big challenges that the fresh produce industry are seeking to solve related to specifically sustainability. How can we work together with the research community to find the solutions um, and um, ultimately change the world? So that in a nutshell is what we're trying to do. Denzel, you, you've stole my job. Okay, Facebook is now live. Let us start properly. Everyone, we're really excited to have myself, Max McGillibree from Beanstalk Global and uh, Denzel, Simon Derrick uh, from Blue Skies on today for Fresh Pact. Define the problem, discover the solution, change the world, Fresh Pact. Today, we are hosting the technical and innovation workshop with the clear purpose of gaining additional insight on the three plastic challenge funds. And for this, for those involved to have the opportunity to engage and connect with innovators, solution providers and technical experts to discuss potential ideas and synergies. As Denzel just mentioned, the Fresh Produce Impact Hub brings together retailers, manufacturers and agribusinesses operating within food supply chains rooted in developing or emerging economies to identify shared high priority social and environmental challenges and work with research partners to accelerate the adoption of the most promising solutions through a process of rapid evaluation, testing and adoption. Fresh Pack Consortium members include the likes of Blue Skies and Waitrose, and I've just got to get my list because this is this is important. Um, they include uh, the, the, the following partners, Blue Skies, Prima Fruit, Fruit Veg and Ghana, Waitrose and Partners, University of Northampton and their CSBP, the Centre for Sustainable Business Practices, the University of Nottingham, the FPC, Fresh Produce Consortium, Fresh and Dry Limited in Ghana, the Food People, Africa Skills Hub, Beanstalk Global and with more to follow. And just to state that the University of Northampton and their Centre for Sustainable Business Practices has been appointed as the coordinating research and project management partner for, uh, for Fresh Pact. Blue Skies, um, I, I always embarrass Denzel and the Blue Skies team by just mentioning this, but we need to mention it. There's some businesses within the fresh sector that just go the extra mile. You look at how Blue Skies was set up by the inspirational Anthony Pyle. MBE. And as the story goes, 24, 25 years ago, he went to Ghana, having never been there previously, and started cutting up pineapples under a palm tree near Accra with uh, 10 locals. Today, they're the highest, uh, highest um, privately owned business uh, employing, um, or help me, Denzel, they, how many people do you employ in, um, in Ghana now? Uh, it's up to three and a half thousand uh, at our peak. So we're one of the biggest private sector employers in, in Ghana. It's a, with Blue Skies and with Anthony, what he's looking to look to create is, is, is amazing business units in Ghana, Benin, Egypt, South Africa and Brazil. And where I think there's this fundamental difference with Blue Skies, it's not about profit, it's about doing good. Hence why they've put themselves out to create the, the, the fresh packed um, um, in innovation, to create positivity, create change in the market. 
And you look at everything that Blue Skies has gone through, whether it be volcanic ash storms, who remembers them? Whether it be Brexit, who remembers that? Whether it be the currency issues that we're going through at the moment, Blue Skies is gonna be here for a long time and is always looking to make the difference. And on the back of that, they've recently been um, awarded. They've had the recognition of the success that they've created within the sector. Uh, last Friday, uh, the FPC, Fresh Produce Consortium Awards, uh, Blue Sky has won two awards. First one, Supermarket Fruit and Veg Supplier of the Year. Way. But even better, they won the Fresh Produce Business of the Year Award from the FPC. Blue Skies is, is modest and won't want to really show off about that, but I feel it's my duty to tell everyone how good Blue Skies is. And again, why they're so inspirational, going down this line of setting up fresh packs and looking to, to find the problem, discover the solution and change the world. Denzel, have I described fresh packs in a appropriate manner? Is there anything else that you'd like to add, please? No, I think you've described it very well. <clears throat> so yeah, we're in the process now of looking for the solutions to those uh, plastics challenge uh, challenge funds um, around agricultural mulch workwear and packaging, and obviously hoping that today this um, <clears throat> this broadcast and this this uh, workshop that we're going to be going into a bit later um, is going to help us to sort of stimulate some ideas, uh, potentially make uh, a few connections, generate a few uh, synergies between uh, between the people on this this, this call. I mean, there, there there might be people on the call um, who've got an idea, got the seed of an idea, who who um, maybe not quite sure whether to put together an application, um, who might benefit from talking to somebody else on the call or speaking to us to put them in connection with somebody we're talking to, uh, to try and do what we often talk about, which is joining the dots, um, which is you know what Fresh Pact is trying to trying to do. It's trying to um, identify where the where the kind of source of the problem is. You know where where are these shared challenges, and where are the people with the ideas and the solutions, and then try and connect them. Uh, because sometimes you know, the organisation or the person with the solution uh, might be just next door to us, but we don't know. We've never we know we, we might not have come across it before. Because sometimes it's just a case of you don't know what you don't know. Um, and you know one thing Fresh Pact is trying to do is to open up the world of possibility to what's out there already to try and help us solve some of those problems. Simon, what's said, and if there's one thing I've learned doing numerous broadcasts, over 250 broadcasts in the UK and overseas and a number with them with Blue, Blue Skies, collaboration, the more that our sector can collaborate, not only in a UK perspective, but internationally, the more that we can find solutions. Um, um, Denzel, the more that we can we, we can be non-siloed in our, in our thinking, the more that we can collaborate, create answers that we can all benefit, then the whole sector benefits and also the consumer benefits, do you not think? You know, absolutely. And um, you've, uh, you've, uh, I, I was blushing when you were um, uh, singing the praise to Blue Skies. Of course, no, we're, we're, we're very proud of what we've achieved, but we're always conscious that we can achieve more. But, you know, this isn't uh, about Blue Skies. This is about our industry. You know, how can we find solutions that benefits the entire industry, but also beyond? Um, because, you know, when you look at some of the, uh, 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 the, the ideas and solutions that we're looking for, um, you know, they could obviously have an application within fresh produce, within the wider food industry, but they also could have an application elsewhere as well, such as in, um, you know, take uh, obviously workwear and PPE in the uh, the health sector. Um, so it, it, it's important that we don't just talk to ourselves, uh, we talk to others as well who, who, uh, who also face uh, similar issues. Um, so yeah, it's about collaboration, it's about casting the net as widely as possible uh, and joining those dots.
That's a well done. And just to reiterate again, please feel free to share the, the details of this fresh pack, www.freshpack.org. And our uh, mini agenda today, as you'd expect with anything to do with Africa, it's, it's all going to be um, here, there or, or everywhere, but everyone's going to have a, have, have a great smile. Uh, but we're going to go to, into our technical briefs um, in, a, in a minute. We're going to have a technical brief. Uh, we we're probably going to go on the order of um, Denzel. What do you what do you reckon? Workwear, then packaging, then agricultural mulch. We're then going to have um, a, a wrap up and those on social media uh, will then say thank you very much for joining. And then we're, we're going to have a breakout room for those who are actually on the Zoom call. If you're watching on social media and you do want to get further involved and you do want to meet our experts or the, or the other people on the Zoom call, please just go to the, the Beanstalk website. So that's uh, beanstalk.global and look at the left hand vertical. Keep scrolling down there and you'll see the broadcast link for today. Just link on there register then um, I'll let you uh, straight in and then you can join the the breakout rooms so that you can you can find out more so Denzel what what do you think which um uh, the technical briefs we've got these three technical briefs with um, some amazing experts that I'm really excited to, to hear from who, who would you like to go for first please Denzel yeah I think we're going to go for the workwear um uh brief first uh, I, I think it would be great if um before we do that if um obviously we've got Quite a lot of people joining us on on this call. If if people want to introduce themselves on the chat, so you know we, we all get to know each other and who's there, and then obviously feel free to um, you know ask any questions as we go along, and you know we can capture those during the Q and A. Uh, but also, if you if if anyone wants to sort of connect with each other, there's obviously that opportunity, which I think Zoom allows you to do, uh, to be able to make that connection. So, because I'm conscious that I want to use this opportunity today as well to try and sort of make some of those connections between all the people that are interested. Excellent. Well, why why don't we do this? So, just to reiterate, uh, we would love you to introduce yourself um, on the on the chat screen. Uh, but could everyone everyone who's on on this call can you just all turn on your video so we can all see you? And then everyone on social media can just see um, how many people that we got on and how many people are are interested in Fresh Packed. And I'm going to just say, again, define the problem, discover the solution and change the world with the, with, with Fresh Packed. And, and should, we, should we be a little bit jingoistic? It's a nice sunny day, day out there. We've all got a smile on our face. We're all going to make a difference. After three, can we just all wave at the camera? Here we go. One, two, three. Wave. Look at that. That's fantastic. Excellent. Right, everyone. That's, that's great to have you on. Could you turn off your videos? Um, and could we have uh, Tom on um, Marley as well? That would be be great to start off on that on that on that basis. Tom, where are you? There's our Tom. Oh, Tom, just turn on your ears, please. You know, I was going to say that it would be better 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 spotlight. Tom, Tom, just turn on your ears uh, or your microphone. Uh, bottom left hand corner, you're in. Yeah, there we go. Hi, everyone. I'm also going to share my screen. Excellent. Okay, and and Tom, just before we start, what what do you know about Blue Skies? You're you're not vaguely connected with it, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not connected with it at all. I mean, uh, obviously, I no, I, I I'm joking. I, I'm being facetious because I have family connections with Blue Skies from uh, day one, so going back right to when I was a teenager. And I've actually been working with Blue Skies uh, full time for the last uh seven and a half years or so is it seven and a half uh six and a half um so uh but it's it's a company that's uh really close to my heart and it, and it means uh, a lot to me but 
Also, I'm very proud that we're making strides in these sort of areas and tackling these sort of big problems um, with the help of all of the people on the call and others too. So, um, yes, it's uh, something I'm very pleased to be part of. And, and Tom, if it's OK, we all know businesses where um, sons and daughters feel, feel duty bound to, to come on in into the business. I, I don't see see that with with, with yourself and 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 your your father. I, I see that you and your other family members are involved with the with the business. You you are. I just gonna say you're here to do good, and the good that you are doing is just manifesting itself in the lights of um of of, of fresh fresh packed. Tom, would that be true? Yeah, totally true. I can't tell you how many family meal conversations we have just go straight back to blue skies and everything we're doing. It's really. Um, in our blood. So um, it's not a duty, it's it's sort of intertwined uh, with our lives, I have to say. So yeah, all good, all good. Love it. Right, you have the floor, sir. Off you go. Okay, fantastic. So hopefully everyone can see me and, and hear me too. Um, please let me know if you can't, but hopefully you can see the first uh, slide which says workwear single-use plastic. And it's going to be me very quickly giving a bit of an overview on this section um, with Marwili jumping in actually to kind of bring it to life um, um, from Blue Skies Ghana. Um, I'll come on to that in a second, but uh, it will help sort of elaborate on some of the points I'm making. So obviously workwear is a big issue, um, not just for Blue Skies, but for lots of manufacturing companies. Um, we use uh, a lot of aprons, gloves, uh, beer snoods, moustache snoods, hairnets, oversleeves, um, single-use plastic disposable workwear items um, in, our, in our operation. And I'll come on to our, our current situation and tell you what that is, I guess the issues with it, and why it is, why it's needed, but why it's something we need to, to think about solving. And of course, many companies like ours also need to think about solving too. So the current situation is just at Blue Skies, Ghana alone. So take the other sites out of the equation, it's around 70 tonnes of single-use plastic workwear that, we, that we're using a year. I always feel a little bit bad when I say that because it's such a huge volume. And it's, it's actually increasing too, because as we grow as a business, which we're doing, which is great news, creates employment, um, you know, it builds the family, so to speak. Unfortunately, in line with that, our plastic uh, usage associated with workwear has been going up and is going up. Um, and just to make sort of, you know, add salt into the wounds type of thing, there's actually a lot of carbon associated with the transport of it too. So not just the creation of the plastic, the question mark of what happens to that plastic at disposal point, but actually just to get it to Ghana, it comes from predominantly China and the Philippines too. It goes via the UK, believe it or not, and then it goes down to Ghana. Now, there's several solutions and ways to mitigate that that we're considering and thinking about. Uh, partnering with uh, another company nearby that buys workwear, getting it directly from China. But nevertheless, any way you cut it, there's a lot of carbon associated too with just getting it there. Now, there's a very good reason why we need this workwear because um, it's partly about food safety, but actually it's largely about protecting our workers. Our workers mean a lot to us. Their comfort, you know, they're, they're working hours and hours and hours a day um, in, in quite sort of, you know, in conditions that some people would find 
a little bit monotonous from time to time. And it's very important that we make sure that they are as comfortable and as happy as possible. So the workwear is important to make sure you can imagine they're not getting drenched with fruit, they're not getting covered with fruit juice and that sort of thing. They're protecting their clothes and their cells and making it comfortable. So that's really important and part of the challenge. If someone came along and said, oh, we've got a great solution for reuse apron. It's a bit heavy and bulky, but it will help the environment. I would like to counter that and say, yeah, but think about the workers too. Is it making their life better or worse? Are they going to be more or less comfortable? So something to think about. Um, it's playing a very important role of this um, protective workwear. Now, we have got a partial solution there at the moment. So some of our items, such as uh, aprons and oversleeves, um, can be recycled in Ghana. It's really fantastic news. And my colleagues will come and tell you a little bit more about the details in a second. But essentially, um, something like an apron, for example, is made of predominantly uh, a mono plastic. It's a little bit complicated. It's I, I found out it's 85% percent HDPE. The technical people on the, on the call will understand this. And 10% uh, L, LDPE, plus a colour batch for about 5%. So it's a funny kind of mix anyway, but it's predominantly PE, polyethylene. And it can be downcycled, collected by a recycling company, and downcycled into black plastic bags. So you could say, yes, being downcycled, but not going into landfill. It's not the case, I'm afraid, with gloves and other items too, such as hairnets. I'm afraid they are going to landfill, and it's a blight on our company, and it's a blight on many companies, and it's something that needs to be thought about and addressed. So if I dive into the challenge, very, very briefly, it's just a slide, uh, a sentence really, we need to identify a new approach to mitigating plastic pollution caused by the use of uh, PP, uh, personal protective workwear within fresh produce manufacturing, specifically we're looking at Ghana. I'm afraid the challenge gets more challenging when you think about the technical side of things. So, um, you know, we have to worry about, okay, this protective, will the solutions deliver the same technical performance that our current protective workwear is delivering, such as effective microbiological control, stopping fragments of um, hairs from your clothes or fabric from your clothes, or indeed hair from your head or anything, getting close to the food. We have to worry about food um, safety requirements. Will the material itself be strong enough so that it isn't a contaminant? You know, if you have a very, very thin um, apron, we're actually looking at an initiative to move from 10 micron to 8 micron uh, thickness, if you follow what I'm saying, aprons. Uh, that's a great initiative. We think it will work. If you go too thin, though, and the, uh, you know, bits of plastic occasionally low incidence, one in a thousand might come off these sort of aprons and contaminate the food. That's a no-no. That's a total issue. So we need to think about that. Comfortable for the user, I mentioned that. Is it easily washable and dryable um, if, it, if we look at reusable materials? Surprisingly difficult challenge. Um, you know, if you're in a rainy country, I know Ghana isn't, but it is sometimes. Uh, how on earth do you dry many, many hundreds, if not more, aprons, gloves, etc.? You can't, you know, even if you put them outside in, in, in the sun, if, it's, if it starts to rain. Um, and then we also need to think about use of preferred materials, too. That's a technical requirement that the solution needs to be sort of addressing. Uh, supermarkets very particular about what's on their red list, no-nos, what's on their green list, totally acceptable. And then the kind of middle ground on the orange section of their list. So we need to think 
carefully about whether it's meeting supermarket requirements, not just the requirements of the people within this within this forum, for example. And it becomes very item specific, you know, obviously aprons and oversleeves and gloves, we need to think about, okay, different sizes need to be applied. So if it's reusable, we need to make sure that we've got the right mix of sizes um, because people don't want to be wearing the wrong size um, items. Slight um, off on a tangent, but I went to B&Q recently, bear with me, and I bought a hundred pack of disposable uh, medium sized gloves. Uh, and then I got back to do whatever I was doing and then one pair of gloves in realized that uh, my hands must be maybe they're large size or medium was too small. But anyway, they didn't fit. So if anyone wants to D, uh, direct message me, DM me for 99 spare um, gloves from B&Q, let me know. So you have to think about these sort of things and the waste that might be associated with it too, if you get it wrong. And then similarly, hairnets and beer snoods, of course, that actually can, you know, stopping contamination going directly onto the food. And then just very, very briefly, and I'm, I am wrestling through this to make sure I have time to hand over to Marley, but we can cover all of these points because we know a lot about the detail behind them in, in the workshop, in the breakout sessions in, in, in a moment. But we need to think about the commercial viability. There's always a risk with this sort of initiative. You can be um, a little bit academic, a little bit sort of myopic in your thinking. And you don't think of what I call the total cost ownership. I work in procurement, so I think about these sort of things uh, all the time as part of my day job. But you think about it, it's not just the item costs, it's the delivery costs, it's the taxes, it's the disposal costs. If you've got renewable, reusable aprons, and actually there's lots of labor involved and washing um, you know, equipment and detergent, et cetera, that is a cost too. And you need to look at the full picture. If we come up with a solution that means um, significant environmental benefits, um, greater recycling rates or less wastage rates or whatever it might be, and it's twice as much as a model, it could easily just be thrown out. You know, lots of companies, particularly at the moment, pressure, squeeze margins, take one look at that and say, this is an error we don't need to think about for now. So it, you need to be honest with yourselves and think, can this be made to be commercially viable? Might be an outlay to begin with, that's okay if it pays back over time. But some sort of model you put forward has to think about that commercial uh, feasibility and viability side of things. So what I'm now gonna do, um, and I believe he's on the call, I'm gonna hand over, if it's okay, to you, Marley, to bring things to life a little bit with a few um, examples of what you have there at Blue Skies Ghana. Tom, well, well done. Just uh, as we were waiting for Marley to come in, um, yeah, it, it is this oxymoron, isn't it? That we all want um, that solution, but the cost, if, if the cost is, as you, as for example, twice that of um, of, of the existing uh, solution, people aren't gonna adopt this, are, are, are they? So it's just, there's got, there's got to be, it's got to be comparable or and we we just need a little bit more money from from the supply chain to be able to invest in this for, for the for long-term future uh, yeah, totally and 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 it is that you can look at it at the long term so what what i would say to everyone is don't be daunted by this but be thoughtful of it so please have the conversations with us. Let's get into the workshop and talk through ideas. Don't throw the idea out too quickly, but we are here maybe to assist with that process to think about ways that it can be made more commercially viable through all of our suppliers and all of our contacts too. So yeah, thoughtful, but, but not daunted by that fact. No, well, well done. And Tom, can you just uh, stop your screen share and let's just see if uh, Marley's there.
this, this is the bit I, I, I excitedly pre-warned everyone on that's um, uh, dialing into countries in, in West Africa is always uh, always exciting. We'll see how we get on. But uh, Thomas, you're doing that. Is it stopping your screen share? Are, are you generally positive about this area? That are, are you seeing glimmers? Are you, are you seeing magic dust? Are you seeing possible solutions? Um, I think what we're doing at the moment is chipping away at things, which is great news. You know, if you move from eight from ten microns to eight microns, it's a tactical yeah. change rather than an approach change. It's chipping away at, at the problem, but it's not solving the problem fully, and that's what we need to do. So we, we we're banding about ideas, but we haven't yet made that breakthrough. Unless I have one idea, but I don't want to mention it now. Unless we do something radical. <laughs> Okay, you've teased us now. Okay, so, so Marley's there. Shall we, shall we dial in? So, so Tom, do you, want, do you want to back away, Tom, if you turn off your video? Marley, hello, sir. Hi, 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 everyone. Fantastic. Yes. The, the floor is yours, sir. Lovely okay. to see you. Who's your, who's your colleague, please? She's called Agnes. Hello, Agnes. Lovely to see you. Lovely. So um, this is Agnes, and this is what we said about... Uh, 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 I work where this is the apron. I hope you can see me. This is the apron, and these okay. are the gloves, and these are the oversleeves, and this is the hair nets. Exactly. So she's all dressed to work in, in high care, and, and these red coats are the coats that we use in high care. It, it, it is blue in low risk, but she's from high care, so she's wearing red now, and then she's all covered. She's all covered because juice, juice the doesn't have to come to his dress. And then uh, it, it put the food too from uh, microorganisms on uh, food safety aspect as well. So th this hair, is that okay? Yep, all yeah. good. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Agnes. I said, Agnes, you've done such a good job. Forget Vogue. We, we really, it's so important that we see this, this demonstration li live and on site in, in Ghana um, to, to, to see the, the changes that, that, that could be made. And, and presumably the, this, type of, um, the, this type of workwear is, is comfortable because as uh, Tom indicated, there, there are long shifts. Is it, is it comfortable to wear for a long shift? Yes, it's comfortable. I mean, uh, we changed the, we changed it's around twice in a day so this is this uh, uh, this what you use but in case it gets torn because you can easily get on or in case uh, the gloves are wet she goes inside and change as and when necessary but when it's going to i mean typically everybody everybody uses this twice in a day i mean when she's going on break she will use a new one and then when she's back to she uses a new one so it's about thrice in a day Got it. Okay. Okay. And um, if you say, okay, Marley, just just so I'll ask you, um, on on the basis of I asked Tom, are, are you positive about the future of the, this workwear and finding a solution? Are you, are you seeing potential solutions within Ghana? Sorry, again. Are you positive about the future in the respect of workwear? And in, in that we, we need to find a solution. Are, are you seeing solutions? Are, are you are you and your team, your colleagues, are you positive about trying new solutions to find a solution? 
Of course, we are trying, we, we are very positive about that. Uh, for the solution that uh, mentioned, we are trying to recycle it once now. We are trying to re recycle uh, the, uh, the oversleep and the apron now, but we are not able to re recycle the gloves and the hairnets now. So we are open to solutions. Yeah, because I, I can't remember off the, off the top of my head, but the, the, the number, the, the tonnage of plastic in Ghana alone is something like a, a million tons of plastic is um, is, is created in, in Ghana every year, and only five percent of it is um, is is uh, is recycled. And uh, no offense to Ghana, Ghana is a relatively small country in the likes of uh, Africa, let alone the, the rest of the world. So if you can find solutions, and within the food industry, everyone uh, can look to adopt the solutions that you've created, that would be very exciting, not only for Ghana but also for Africa. Yes, yes. Re that would be very exciting because uh, in Ghana, we, we, uh, people use plastic, single use plastic a lot. And then we are, I mean, the, the carnage, the trouble on the streets, on, uh, on the farms are a lot. Yeah, understood. And we'll, we'll, come, we'll come on to the, the, the mulch element uh, in a moment as well. Tom, do you want to just come come in, back in and just uh, wrap up for us? Because it's great to have um, Agnes and, uh, and, and Marley there, but it'd be great to hear your, your comments because what you're doing is, is basically affecting, positively affecting all of your colleagues out in Ghana. Yeah, totally. And we need to be working as a team. And arguably in the past, we haven't had that level of communication, which is why this project's been a, a brilliant kind of catalyst to that, to start us even understanding our own type of processes and stuff. So I think we're, we're moving forward. And just to, I suppose, I'll I'll tell you what the, the idea is that, that I, I've been sort yeah, of mulling over and it's been um, banded about by um, our other sort of colleagues and, and, and Lisa Waitrose and others too, is the concept that we maybe don't need um, workwear at all. Well, we, we could argue from a, um, a, te a uh, if you like, a food safety oh. perspective that we don't need workwear because you could argue that there is actually a low contamination risk with um, the food. The problem is, however, we do need it, it seems, to the best of my understanding, um, from an a, um, employee protection point of view. So it's just it's just interesting to challenge our thinking about why we actually do things the way we do. But um, yeah, we, we're not, that's why we've got everyone on the call. We, we're waiting for that proposal. We're waiting for that brilliant idea thought through and worked with, with us and the others to, to come up with a solution, even if it turns out that it's more about, um, less about food safety, more about employee protection. Yeah, that, uh, Tom, that's fascinating. So there's actually another way through the, through the conversation, the collaborations, there, there could actually be a solution which hasn't been thought of before, that the solution might and still might be the, the, the likes of uh, finding solutions to plastic, but also might be um, how we change, how we how we actually change how we work, like having uh, no no um, protective clothing because it's not needed. Oh, but then but then that difficulty that, as you say, you, you, we need to protect the employee um, and, and, and just try, try to find that, uh, that, that happy medium. Totally, Max, you know, the, the, the brief is in a sense broad and uh, you know what the problem is, uh, 70 tonnes of plastic, some have been recycled, some not, and the solution could be several different things. It could be an approach, it, you know, it could, it, it could be all sorts of things. So we don't want to be too prescriptive at this point and rather just lay out the problem and then, and then see, where, see where, you know, what the proposals are to tackle it that come in. 
Yeah, and I've just got to go go back to uh, the, the the team in Ghana. Agnes, uh, Agnes Marley, thank you very very much. What's it like working for Blue Skies? Is it a good business? Yeah, yes, it's very good business. It's very good working here. I've I, I worked I've worked there for about twenty years, and Agnes, I've worked here for how many years? Fifteen years. Agnes has been here for fifteen years. Wow, that's brilliant. Thank you, thank you, Agnes. Thank you, Marley. It's brilliant to, to have you on because it really gives us a, an understanding. It's great to have Tom, but we we needed it to be dressed up, and we and what a fantastic model we had in the in the respect of Agnes and, uh, and you, Marley, to see to see um, um how the work well um, operates. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you too. Excellent, Den Denzel. Shall we just get you back in, and so so we can link over to to the next one? And actually, we're going to go for a bit of jeopardy. Um, Marley, thank you. If you just turn your video off, that'd be brilliant. Um, Al Alistair, we can see you in the field. We're just going to go live live to you just to get a live report. So this is uh, Alistair in Ghana. I don't know if you can hear us, but uh, go on, Denzel. Yeah, I can hear you, Max. Hey! Uh, <laughs> Alistair, lovely to see you. Have you got Ernest there with you? Uh -huh. Yes, Ernest is me right here at Billy's Farm, um, some few meters away from the factory. Fortunately, we are here. The weather is quite cloudy. Uh, but we are happy to announce that it's not raining so heavily here. So um, we, we, we are sure that we'll be able to go through without any rains now. Wait, wait, well, I'm sorry, we're going to have to cut the broadcast because Ghana is always sunny. So if it's rainy, we, we can't surely have you on. That's not allowed. <laughs> Don't worry, we are in the season and we, we understand. So uh, but fortunately on the farm here, we, we are fine. So we, uh, we have Ernest here, as you can see him, ready for action. And uh, we have the farm owner, uh, Billy Gamati himself and some of his staff here. So I'll um, hand over to you when you are ready. Um, Ernest, I think, has, um, okay. is, 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 is very much ready for, for, for action. Okay, I'm just going to call my, uh, my main master and controller. Denzel, do you want to just come back on? Um, and we'll uh, see where we go from now. Should we go straight to packaging and, and let Alice and the team just warm up? Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a, a good idea. Let, let's go to, uh, I think, Lisa and, and John, who are going to uh, talk about the packaging brief. Excellent. Alistair, could you just turn off your video um, and we'll we'll leave you for the main act and come back to you. Fantastic. So where are our two lovely people, Lisa and John, on packaging? If you could come on in. Now, now Lisa, if it's hello. okay, I'm just going to say hello to John first. Um, John, when we... Um, uh, went out to Ghana in uh, in March. It was great to accompany you um, out there. Have, Ghana, have you have you been out to uh, the Blue Sky site on a, on a regular basis, or was, or was that relatively new to you in March? I can't remember. Tell me, John. No, so that was new to me. That was the first time that I'd, I'd been. I've been working for Blue Skies for a little bit less time than Tom, about coming up for five years, I believe. Oh, um, a newbie. But it was great to sort of finally get out and see the factory, and it's really interesting to see. A lot of things that we deal with sort of day to day in the hypothetical actually you know sort of in in real life and how it all comes together yeah but it was it was great actually seeing the interaction with yourself and your blue skies colleagues in ghana who yeah. as you say you hadn't met uh, but they treated you like old friends old friends when uh, when you met up and that's uh, everything about ghana that 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 we know and lisa do you want to just introduce yourself to to everyone on zoom and the world please Yes, hi everyone. My name is Lisa Mead. I am packaging lead at Waitrose for multiple categories, including produce, wholehead, and prep. Well, and thank you for coming on because you, you you'll be one of the most busiest people I know. I suspect on the on everything that that's going on. So it's it's fantastic to have you on. Um, shall I give you the floor and you guys run with it? 
Yeah, that'd be great. I think John's going to share the yeah. slides. Okay, John, off you go, sir. Bear with me. Okay, so hopefully everyone can see that. Not yet, John. Not yet. There you yes. go. Yeah, here we go. You're on fire, sir. Over to you. Okay, I'm going to start. We just wanted to lay out the challenge for anybody who wasn't aware of it. It's here and obviously it's on the website as well for anybody who wants to get into the technical detail of that. But we're looking for new products, technology and business models to help mitigate plastic pollution, especially around single use plastic packaging that's used within fresh produce manufacturing in Ghana with scope for expansion elsewhere as well once we have a model in place. Yep, so can everyone hear me? Yep. Yep, lovely. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the, the packaging that we are currently using at Blue Skies, um, especially in Ghana. So there's some examples in the, on the, the screen. So the majority of the, the packaging we're using is plastic. Um, there's a lot of benefits to plastic. Uh, it can be moulded into any shape. It's sort of inert and safe to use for all sorts of applications of food. But the disadvantage I'm sure we're all aware about in terms of disposal, recycling and getting it into the right place. Um, at the moment, most of the packaging which is being used in Ghana in terms of plastic packaging is purchased in the UK and then sent out to shipped out to site. Um, so we've got some examples of that on the, the screen. Although when we did go and visit Ghana for the, the fresh packed um, project, we did see um, some examples of plastic um, thermoformers and businesses in Ghana, it would be difficult to, to use them at the moment for um, the UK market because they're not BRC accredited and there isn't a consistent supply of recycled material um, sort of meets sort of expectations in, in the UK. Um, so in, in terms of examples on the screen, you've got some products which are sold in weight rows, and then you've also got um, an example of the juice that's manufactured in Ghana and sold into the, the local market. Okay, and then on screen now is some um, examples of what we saw when we looked at recycling facilities and, and projects which are taking place in, in Ghana or sort of around Accra. Um, so the first example, sort of privately run facilities sorting through plastic bottles, cleaning and flaking them for, for sale and, and reuse. Um, so because this is a privately run project, um, they're focusing on plastic bottles, which have um, goods value and market value to them. We did also see um, a larger sort of government-backed facility pictured at the bottom, which is more of the sort of recycling um, processes we'd expect to see in the UK and in Europe, sort of pulling out all sorts of different sort of waste types and taking everything that they, they could. But the disadvantage to, to that, where as seen in, in Ghana, is that they're dependent on a lot of the waste being brought to, to them, um, I think being purchased by weight. Um, there isn't a consistent channel to get all of the possible waste that they could process into the facility. And they had lots of um, open space and lots of room to sort of expand it and make it bigger. There's so much sort of capacity there if everything could be sort of joined up um, for them. And then we also saw some smaller um, operations where they're taking plastic waste and then sort of melting it down, re-extruding it, and actually manufacturing from it all on one site. 
um, the products being produced over this uh, that we saw were largely um, black, um, small black carrier bags as pictured in the bottom right of the screen. So, you know, useful in terms of seeing things take on a sort of a second life and being recycled. But when they reach that form of the black sacks, that's probably the end of the road for that, that plastics. And then it's sort of gone from the recycling loop at that, that point. So that's just a quick summary of what we've seen so far. And then if I hand over to, to Lisa. Yeah, so I wanted to talk through a little bit on the principles of material choices um, today, just to give you some guidance, but absolutely 100%, if you do have um, discussions that you want to have, please feel free to get in touch with Denzel and he can share my contact details with you. I've got no problem with that at all. Some of the basic principles are around um, what we would do in the UK market for sure. So keeping things simple, mono is best. We have developed a rag sheath that I Tim, think Tim mentioned previously um, in his presentation. I know the word biodegradable comes up quite a lot in our industry as well. So you'll see two little horns come out my head when, when people mention that statement. And you know, for us, it's a desirable um, process if it can be certified at the end point. And I think it's really important that we do the right thing for Ghana so it's not a no on biodegradable but it's a cautious approach that we would like to build with with anybody that wanted to submit anything um, I think the most important thing that you heard from John which which was um, around the recycling facilities and what's available in Ghana was around the monetization opportunities that could exist within the region so think about the value of the materials of choice at the end of the shelf life and whether they can provide any monetization opportunities um, within the streams that exist today within Ghana. Whilst a lot of those guidelines are set up for the UK market, I do think it's important as well not to confuse that with the Ghanaian recycling stream. You know, it's not as set up today as the UK one. Um, there's no single labeling standard like we use with OPRL. There's no single collection point. Um, and everything is based on government subsidies and potential for monetization, as I mentioned before. So, you know, doing the right thing is very important. It's the right thing for Ghana with a steady approach to make sure that we have some basic principles in place. So, as I said, if you've got any questions on this area, please feel free to get in touch with me either directly um, or through through Derek through Simon Derek next slide please so the last sheet is the rag um, sheet that we talked about so again the red ones are things that we know are harmful to the environment and we know we would not want to put on the people of West Africa and beyond so they are sort of steady firm um, areas that we would not want anyone to focus on the amber um, which we use today um, within within waste, uh, Waitrose as a guidance are things that might be providing a technical function and while they're not perfect they do a good enough job um, within a specific category so I think they are things to you know discuss and deep dive on and then the green are obviously the preferred material so the monos the high value items the things that we know work within the recycling streams that are starting to build and set up within Ghana and again if you have any questions please feel free to, to either ask today ask in the breakout sessions or get in touch directly thank you that's a well, well done, team. That's there's so many important parts from from that, and, and Lisa, the, the main the main takeaway I got from that was the the bit that we can't forget about 
the, the Ghanaian recycling stream is so different to the UK stream. I think we probably all are guilty sometimes of, of being quite parochial on our thinking um, in that uh, we, we just remember, we, we just think solely on the, on the UK sector and supply chain and forget about the hugely complex supply chain and how, how they all mesh in and how difficult it all is. I, Lisa, I always use the, the plastic bag example that uh, when uh, Waitrose and the other retailers started charging for, for plastic bags, we then saw that societal change that the likes of Kenya started also charging for plastic bags to reduce the, the amount of plastic bag consumption by the consumer and it worked. So if we can create through through fresh pack the, the difference through the the um the initiative we're hopefully going to see the same through the likes of uh, Ghana and other African countries and uh, across the world so to, to Lisa are you are you are you positive about the direction of this and especially deploying fresh pack are you positive about the future hugely positive match I think there's quite a few opportunities there not only in um developing uh, approaches within Ghana but finding the ultimate solutions as well to help feed and affect other industries so if what we do helps develop the recycling stream in Ghana even more I mean what a huge win that would be and I think it's important that we stay pragmatic you know we are guided by things that are we are guided by the understanding we have in the UK about what is bad for the environment ultimately yeah. wherever it sits in the world but not stopping ourselves from doing something in Ghana that is important to happen in Ghana to help it evolve yeah but if we can assist Ghana you can see what's going to happen exactly. it, it will then assist other countries um John um we're in economic uh, dire straits at the moment why should companies look to engage with this shouldn't we just continue as we are until three four five years out why do we John why do we need to change I mean, I think it's very, there's a lot of reasons to, to sort of try and tackle these issues as quickly as possible. And you know, plastics um, that do end up in the environment are going to be there practically forever. So the longer that you leave it, the more that um, problem is building. And I do think that um, having seen what is already there in Ghana, I think you're so close to being able to make extra connections or taking steps forward to actually tackle the issue now. So you know, I don't think it's something where you can afford to to wait. I think it, it, it's important to do sort of everything that reasonably possible as, as soon as possible. I, I totally agree. You know why I was asking, and I, I, I don't like, but sometimes I do like the jingoistic expression of creating societal change that with, with your input, John, and especially from Lisa from Waitrose, wow, it's brilliant to have Waitrose on as a partner with, with Freshpack so that we can get the other retailers and the other suppliers in the UK and overseas to make, make these, these, these changes. It's going to be um, incredibly exciting. Um, you've been fantastic. The, the time, time is marching on. We've got to get into a pineapple field in, in Ghana. Um, Desel, do you want to just come on? Uh, John, Lisa, thank you very much. We'll bring you back in for the, for the q and I'm sure. Um, Desel, do you want to just introduce um, uh, Alistair and, um, and Ernest so we have a bit of a bit of an understanding on them? Alistair, if you could turn on your video as well, that'd be brilliant. Over to you, Desel. Thank you, yeah, so, um, <clears throat> Ernest is our chief agronomist in Ghana, so has a, a huge amount of experience um, on um, and, you know, ag agronomy, farming uh, techniques and supporting our farmers um, in Ghana. And we've got Alistair with Ernest as well. And Alistair looks after our foundation. Um, uh, so you know, working with uh, Waitrose uh, to implement uh, projects where our farmers and our staff live. Um, so the, the two um, work very closely together, uh, obviously ensuring that we're doing the right thing in terms of our farming practices and also having a beneficial impact on the communities 
um, that those those farmers are in as well. So uh, um, yeah, re really excited that uh, we can join uh, Alistair and Ernest live from a pineapple farm in Ghana. Excellent. And uh, I've had a lot of dealings with Alison and Ernest and Alison's got me out of a lot of scrapes in Ghana. And he and Ernest are just such a credit to, to the Blue, Blue Skies uh, business. And again, the, the amazing community that they've created is, is just behold. You've got to go to Ghana and see the Blue Skies business. Um, Alistair, Ernest, over to you. Thank you, Mark. So I'll hand over to Ernest to, to do the delivery. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, good afternoon, all. Uh, my name is Ernest Tablo, as Denzel uh, introduced. Uh, I've been working with Blue Skies for 22 years and working with all uh, uh, food producers for also 22 years. I've worked closely with most pineapple farmers and I'm on our lead farmer's farm called Billy. Um, today, I think we're talking more about plastics, its benefits and uh, the problems encountered when the production cycle is over. I think Ghana decided to adapt the use of plastic mulches uh, when they were in the peak of production somewhere in the early 80s. And uh, I think it was doing very well. That time it was only smooth cayenne, but they shifted to MD2, which most farmers couldn't adapt. But then the use of plastics came to uh, a stay. And now I think uh, uh, you, you need about uh, two and a half rolls of plastic. Billy, for instance, uses, he produces now about almost uh, uh, 400 acres every year. So you can imagine the amount of plastics that come to the farm. But what plastics really does is it's really the initially it helps establishments. <laughs> it models all weeds around the growing area. It also helps you uh, conserve a lot of moisture because it prevents soil water uh, evaporation. And also you get increased yield per area. And after the production cycle, you also get a lot of backup produced from a, a, a small piece of area. The normal production without plastics, you get about uh, three uh, suckers per plant. But with plastics, you can get as much as about six, seven plants per acre. I think it has really, and then they, they, the youth, the area is quite good. Most farmers were getting as low as about 14 tons per acre, but with the use of the plastics, they could get about between 25 to 26 tons per acre. Um, but the only serious problem is uh, after production, how to get off your plastics. I just wanted to let you see how old food, which we are standing by, how you can get off the plastic. I think I'm I think I feel an egg takes about 20. We've not filled it up. I'll have a look. This is a food that is all exhausted. Everything has been harvested. Suckers have been harvested. When you're saying 23B, you mean 20BH. It's always BBH. You've got the same code. Fire. Everyone, we've got Ernest speaking. Anyone who's got their mic on, could they turn it off? Because we want to hear from Ernest. Thank you. If you don't want to use that system, either burning or plowing in and then remove, remove the uh, plastics later, this is what we have advised farmers to do. But they don't like to do it because it is very tedious, very uh, uh, time consuming, labor intensive, because you have to remove every plant and the plastic. I, 
I'm exposing the plastic so that you can remove it. The next is removing the mother plants so it would expose the plastics to explain the challenge. The interesting thing about it is that it is only soil that holds the plastics to the to the ground. And then when you put in the sockets, the rooting, the root, the roots of the of the plant also turns it up. So now after I have removed the mother plants, now I can remove the plastics easily without getting it into the soil. So you can see me just holding it up. And this is the best way you can do it without getting it into the soil. But because they don't want to adopt this system, they either burn or they plow and then later come to, to, to uh, remove them. So this is the, 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 the biggest challenge about plastics. Apart from that, I think uh, it has, it has, the, the benefits are more than the advantages. But the advantage, what we have realized is that after the cycle, if you come back again to plant and your plants happen to hit on the on the roots, on the on the, the roots hit the plastic, the plant dies off, and then they lose a lot. So recovery from the food that has used plastics is about it reduces to sometimes about 60%. So I think this is about the biggest challenge that you have. And then you lose a lot of money because revenue is lost because most of the plants die on the floor. Any question? Ernest, thank you. That's that's brilliant. It's 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 so good to see you in the field. You very kindly showed us something similar back uh, back back in March. Uh, so that's great to get that input. Hella, can you come in, please? Because I, I know that you want to get involved. Because you've also got some slides that you want to show us in, on the in this regard, please. Um, okay. Yes. Thank you, um, Max. I've kind of lost everyone. Oh, here we go. Um, it was much more important that um, you can see it all live from the field, but let me just quickly um, summarize the requirements for the technical challenge we have. Um, if we want to remove plastic, then um, any replacement of whatever we do need to fulfill certain criteria. It needs to have optimal moisture, moisture retention and weed suppression um, to achieve a similar yield we have with the current practice of plastic in the field. Um, whatever covers the ground has to last for 22 months. So even if we go for um, a biodegradable plastic, for example, it still needs to um, sorry, I realize you can't see my screen. Can you see my screen now? We can, yes. we can, yeah, you're good to go. Um, to whatever material we find, if it's biodegradable um, or it's, a, it's, it's an organic material, it needs to last 22 months in the tropical climate um, where it's hot any day, it can cool down any night. We have um, very strong rainfalls at times. Um, humidity can go up to 85%, etc. <clears throat> it is very important that the application, the removal and the disposal of it is easy and it is safe um, as well for people as for the environment. Um, and you heard John talking about local recycling possibilities and it should <coughs> sorry it should support um, local recycling um, facilities and um, help 
adapt those facilities and local manufacturing. Currently, everything has to be imported and it's mainly imported from Brazil. So there's a lot of on costs environmentally and monetary um, involved. And of course, um, as Tom and Lisa explained already, we need to work with preferred material based on your sheets available. And whichever solution we find, it has to be commercially feasible. So it can't be so expensive that we then can't buy the pineapple anymore or, and sell it anymore because we price ourselves out of the market. So it's important um, to bear that in mind. Solutions um, may look like... Um, like this, it could be organic mulch or intercropping if we could find plants which can work as a repellent and help with um, wheat suppression, um, help with soil structure so we can have a soil which retains sufficient um, moisture and we solve the problem that way. Um, biodegradable material, as I said, it has to last for 22 months in the field. Um, improved manufacturing, in Ghana, recycling in Ghana, um, all this doesn't exist at the moment for the mulch in the fields. Um, it is being burned because it can't, it's, it's, um, it has too much soil on it, so it can't be recycled currently. Um, or are there new working practices and protocols? Would training help? Um, you saw it's very difficult to, and very labor intensive to pull up the, um, the existing plastic mulch. Um, is there training? Can we improve techniques, um, et cetera, to help with this plastic mulch? And that's kind of on the thinking we have around the challenge. Hello, thank, thank you. Just, just a, a question. The, you, you think of the people that are benefiting at the moment from uh, the selling of the plastic to, to the likes of Blue Skies, and that's the plastic companies and also the seed companies. Um, I, I do feel that you're fighting a bit of a lone battle here, or, or and are you finding that the um that the the plastic companies and the seed companies are, are, are looking to assist to partner to collaborate with you to also find solutions or, or are they just uh working on a farm forget basis they just want to sell you as much plastic or or they're looking to help you well the, the current plastic mulch companies we work with are sitting in brazil so it's it's far removed um yeah but we have a lot of interest from other companies in Ghana um, using the same plastic mulch, um, looking for solutions together. So we're not completely on our own. And I think if we spread the word a little bit more, plastic mulch is not only an issue in Ghana in pineapple production, it's used worldwide in so many different crops, whether it's in Egypt and melon production, in the UK, in sweet corn production, etc., etc., etc. So we are absolutely not on our own. And I think we we um but we do need to pull sources a bit more yeah there's a direct comparison here with the automotive sector that um uh the car manufacturers wanted to sell us cars powered by petrol diesel and then uh, electric came along and if you if you look how now they're retooling to um say like volvo i can't remember the year but by 2025 or 2030 all they're going to be doing, doing is producing electric cars have we not got to see the same from the likes of packaging companies that we've got to infer to them 
that we're going to stop buying your plastic unless you help us. You work with us on a collaborative basis with the likes of Fresh Packed and and, um, and and Waitrose to come up with a solution. Do you, do you think we need to have that sort of conversation, Hella, or do you think that conversation has already been had? I think everybody is sensitized because there's so much um, conversation going on now uh, around plastic and moving away from plastic. And um, it, I don't think it's only about making plastic bad and, and saying we can't have any plastic anymore at all. Plastic is there to have a reason, but we do need to look at the whole picture to see um, how can we improve the circular economy? So I don't think it's just a black and white. We can't use plastic anymore. Got it. Um, Denzel, do you want to just come come back in and we'll just uh, organise the, um, the 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 wrap up? But um, Hella, Denzel's coming back in. Hello, are you are you are you positive? I keep on asking all the other speakers. Are you positive about the future, especially with what Fresh Pack can potentially create? Absolutely. I mean, it's absolutely exciting what um, Fresh Pack can potentially create. And if I wouldn't be excited and positive about it, I wouldn't be here today and trying to. Um, get involved. Um, I think it's the right approach to things to try and bring people together to find solutions together. Excellent, Hello, well done. Dan, so what, what are your thoughts? I know that you will have um, uh, seen a lot of this all, already, but the way that was just presented over the, over the last um, half an hour, 40 <coughs> minutes, it, it felt very, very unique and very real, especially with Ernest and Alistair in the field. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's great to see um, the challenges brought to life um by you know seeing them in 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 their in in, in their location uh, on the field or in the factory um so it it really helps and it's great to see that there's obviously some common themes that that um uh, you know, common threads uh between all of them um uh, and, and and i was going to sort of wrap up um at the end of the uh, challenge brief so I, I i think mainly to kind of I guess to sort of identify where there might be um, synergies between all those three, those common threads between all those three challenges. And certainly, there's there seems to be you know, big opportunity around uh, circular economy. Uh, and I think that's something which came out when I know you, Max, and and some of the team went to to, to Ghana earlier in 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 the year. Uh, just just hearing um, from the presentations on um, on on mulch, on workwear, and packaging. Um, you know, the, is there an opportunity around local manufacturing? It seems crazy that we're having to import yeah. all these materials. You know, things like uh, um, you know, the mulch, um, the, uh, the the workwear, even the packaging. You know, what what is the um, potential for actually manufacturing um, these materials locally and using more recycled content um, uh, 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 as, as well? And I, I like what Lisa was talking about around monetizing. Um, you know, understanding what is the value, the monetary value um, of that waste, or no, let's not call it waste, of the, that, that material. Um, and you know, how can we then um, use that to recycle it into other things? And there certainly seems to be the potential, the will, um, and the ideas to make that work. But how do we stimulate that um, to, 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 to ensure that we're not ending up with only what was it five percent of this plastic being recycled, but more of it being 
um, uh, recycle. So yeah, local manufacturing, circular mm. economy, recycle, recycling. You know, how can we make materials into other materials? I think there's 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 a huge amount to to, to think about, as well as obviously some of the, the challenges which are common between um, all of them as well. You know, how do we avoid landfill? How do we avoid you know procuring yet more virgin plastics? How do we avoid incineration? Transport emissions. As I said before, we shouldn't be, you know, transporting materials um, from one side of the world to the other. What can we do? Um, looking at end of life. Um, you, 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 one example I've often thought about is: you know, what if you recycled a lot of the waste plastics from packaging in Ghana and turned it into workwear, and then you turn that workwear into mulch? Then what could you turn that mulch into? So thinking about the end of life, thinking about plastic bags, you know, what could be it then be used for? after and i know there are plenty of experts on on, on the call who um who who would you know, know what's possible and what's not possible but my sort of naive simple view thinks you know well, could we make those into roads into houses into um uh, into other materials rather than those materials be ending up in in landfill or into the soil and in, into the environment so yeah um obviously there's, well there's that Sorry, I could I could go on, but I won't. I, I, I know, and it's fantastic. And, and just just watching the time because we've got about 10, 10 minutes to go. We but we want to find out more. I can I can see that from my my feeds that people dialed in social media want to find out more. Um, Desa, what do you want to do? Should we should we hop over to uh, the the Q and A and get our speakers and also the team um, from from the University of Northampton in, and we'll just 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 do a quick fire ten minutes. Yeah, let's let's do the Q and A. There'll also be opportunity for questions in the breakout groups, uh, plus obviously at the end as well when we do the plenary. So yeah, let's do a quick Q and A now. Okay, so all the team from the University of Northampton, if you could come on, and all the speakers who are in the UK, if you could come come on as um, as well. I mean, you you were first 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 one in. When I just asked you the, the question, if you could just uh, introduce yourself and and, uh, and and who you represent, that'd be great. Um, I mean, you're, you're you're oh my god, you're so you're so intelligent. I got I got, but I got to ask you with everything that Simon says, it feels that that it just needs money and there's so much money in investment terms out there we know we know this because of um, what what we see on a day-to-day -day basis it, is this going to be a solution if we can get like funds uh, involved to uh, establish uh, funding into the lights of Ghana to create work where made, made out of mulch will that start this this seismic change that we want to see what do you think yeah, th uh, thanks, Max. And, and hi, everyone. My name is Armin. I'm a professor of system thinking within the Center for Sustainable Business Practices at the University of Northampton. Um, I, 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 I think Simon, Simon uh, co uh, covered it all uh, pretty much. But coming back to your question, I think parts of it is, is the finances, but the, the other part is the ideas. Um, some people here may have part of the idea, not the other, and, and hence, you know, events like this would, would uh, uh, you know, provide a, a platform for collaboration and, and, and talking to the other parties. Maybe the other party has got, you know, the other missing um, uh, uh, sort of solution or, you know, um, uh, uh, part of the innovation that, that one may not have. Uh, coming back to the funding, I, I, I'd like to mention something uh, uh, in addition to, to what is already said about the deadline of uh, you know sub submitting solutions well so since we are, we are on social media the deadline for submitting your solutions is now extended to 1st of december and um, there is funding available of course for for the solutions that are being submitted and i think more details uh, can be found on the fresh packed uh, website as well as simon kindly shared Excellent. I mean, well done, and Lisa. If it's okay to ask with your with your with your waitress head on, but also just your your general com commercial 
technical strategic head, we, we see so many people who want to set up a gin company or a candle company, and, and that's great, but perhaps we've got so much intelligence that's um, within these uh, startups, that if we could direct them to create a solution around packaging rather than setting up your, your de facto gin company, um, and there was investment there to be had, did you, um, am, I, am I simplifying things, or do you think that would be an answer to, to creating the solution that we all want to see? No, I don't think you're simplifying at all. Obviously, there's a lot of science behind packaging, and I, I would say that because I'm an engineer in my heart. But um, there's a lot of lot of science. Um, but you know, I think maybe the African Skills Hub can help in that area. You know, building um, sort of technologists and engineers in the area and building the skills base to enable that to happen. I think that's uh, that could be extremely exciting. Excellent. And I, and I know that Waitrose would love to be part of that to, to create that solution, if that's okay to, to, to say, Lisa, to, to, yeah. to, to see that through. Um, Ebenezer, I, I always have this gripe about vertical farming. Vertical farming in, in the States last year had a billion US invested into it and turned over 120 million in sales. And so you, you, you wonder where that's going when surely we could get that investment directed into these sort of solutions and into Fresh Pact. I'm sure you, you, you and the team at the University of Northampton would love to have a billion invested in, in, into this. But, but again, am I, am I simplifying that? Or we got to create the societal change to get this investment into the likes of Fresh Pact to create this good? Ebenezer, and remember, Ebenezer, remember to introduce yourself, please. Yes, uh, thanks, Max. Yes, my, my name is Ebenezer. I'm an associate professor in international sustainable development law and member of the Center for Sustainable Business Practices at the University of Northampton. Um, no, you're not, you're not simplifying it at, at, all, at all, Max. I think we would prefer not just a billion, but a hundred billion um, <laughs> if, 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 if uh, we could get it. But I think um, what we're doing with Fresh Pact is that we're making a start. Uh, and I think what we're trying to demonstrate is that these problems can be addressed, uh, yes, with funding, but also with collaborative partnership and uh, working together. And I think that's the key because in the past we've seen uh, lots of money thrown around, uh, 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 not necessarily thrown around, but devoted to causes like this. Um, and it unfortunately doesn't um, uh, engender the right uh, uh, solutions or the right uh, uh, sort of outcomes because that uh, collaborative element is, is missing. So I think what we're doing here is, is really, really important. And it's really, really nice to see the representation that we have on the call in terms of industrial partners, academics, um, uh, and, and, and others. And, and, the, and the, 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 the motto that you've created is define the problem, discover the solution, change the world, fresh packs is, is even better than the, uh, the new motto of the Labour Party. And we're going to have to see who's going to be in government in two years' time. Dilshad, help us here. How can uh, the University of Northampton help those who are looking to, to apply and get involved? Uh, what, what would your advice be to them, please? And remember to introduce yourself, please. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm um, Dilshad Sawa, Associate Professor and a member of the Centre for Sustainable Business Practice um, at the University of Northampton. Um, I, there's lots of opportunities to get involved and communicate with the team. Um, we've got uh, the Fresh Pact um, email that people can ask questions um, and, um, you know, we're all available to answer any questions or any aspects of, um, you know, the, the, the actual challenges themselves. And are you excited about Fresh Pact? Are you excited about the future? Yeah, very excited. Yes, I think there's lots of lots of developments. There's lots going on, lots of new initiatives, and um, you know the 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 fact that there's so many people involved today and have con uh, are going to contribute as well. It's it's just fantastic. Excellent. Thank thank you, Dilshad. Um, she do 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 you, 
there'll be a number of people who who just look at this or hear this broadcast and think, well, it, we've got tough economic times ahead. Why why do we need to? I know I've asked this previously, but why do we need to engage? Do we need to engage? Is is this vitally important? Should we be looking to really promote, push, uh, coerce, manipulate, shout, tell people that they've got to get get involved with pushback to create this uh, create this change? What do you think? Remember to introduce yourself, please. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, so my name is um, Shay. I'm a lecturer in sustainable business and also um, a member of the Center for Sustainable Business Practices. And um, yeah, I think um, it's necessary that yeah we shout this on top of the mountains and um, um, everyone that hears it, everyone that has a solution um, uh, should should reach out to us. Uh, but also yeah, it's it's understandable. You know, inflation. Um, we're looking at what is being done all over the world in terms of um, central banks and things like that. People might be thinking, oh. Um, you know, why should I bother to submit a solution? Uh, but the fact is that uh, there is funding available uh, uh, um, up onto, uh, I think, about 900,000 uh, pounds to support solutions. And apart from the, 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 the monetary funding available, there's also um, um, support like how we all are here. People all over the world are listening. And um, there's opportunities for collaborations. Um, uh, These issues um, will remain. Um, Either are we in a, in a bad conversation or not, uh, but uh, what we're doing here, you know, could contribute uh, to a brighter future. And uh, like it is that we are saying, even in our email, change the world at freshpark.org.uk, we we uh, uh, the, the mission is to you know uh, define the, the problems uh, and come up with solutions and work with you and um, help change the world together. Excellent. So we've we've got one one person uh, le left to uh, hear from. Um, Sir, you know who I'm talking about. What do you think we can make this a, a success? What does success look like? Remember to introduce yourself, please. Um, yeah, thanks, Max. Um, my name is uh, Chiji Oke, and I am the deputy chair of the Center for Sustainable Business Practices at the University of Northampton. Um, for me, success is about change. Um, we're talking sustainability. And um, you know the, the, the sustainability project is something that never ends. You know we always you know aim towards you know increments in terms of being sustainable. Sustainable in terms of um, what we do with natural resources, in terms of how that intersects with um, um, commercial activity or economic activity, and, and and overall positive societal change. So for me, success is about I would say moving forward whether it's baby steps or massive leaps. And I think with Fresh Pack, you know, there is a massive potential, you know, to start, you know, um, working towards success. I mean, if you look at, you know, how far we've gone, the number of people here who are interested, and it's not just Fresh Pack and everything we're doing, but what we do also intersects with, I would say, um, um, a global acknowledgement, a recognition of the fact that something needs to be done. And we are part of it. And that for me is uh, is success. We will make progress. We have started making progress, and with fresh back, we will make more progress. Brilliant. What 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 a way to, to wrap up, Denzel. Over to you, please, for conclusions and next steps. Well, next steps before we go into these uh, breakout groups. Um, <clears throat> next steps um, is to, essentially to um, you know get involved, get in touch, um, and uh, as Armin said, the Call for Solutions has now been extended to the 1st of December, uh, so a bit more time to, to, to develop your proposals. If you need help developing proposals, do get in touch. If you feel you know, you've not quite got 
a full solution. Maybe you've got part of the solution. You want to team up with somebody else, and you, but you're not quite sure. Again, get in touch, and we can see whether we can um, link you to 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 others uh, who've got in contact with us. Um, so, um, and then beyond that, you know, we'll be um, going through, you know, led by our colleagues at the university, we'll be going through a, a period where we're evaluating and shortlisting those ideas. Um, uh, 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 and then early next year, um, you know, we'll, we should be able to uh, announce um, who those successful um, applicants are. Uh, and after then, we get to the stage where we're developing those ideas into um, plans, commercial test plans and pilots um, to then be implemented um, in 2023. And, uh, and of course, there's funding that's going to be uh, available uh, for that. And of course, those uh, projects that uh, uh, have been proven to be successful, we hope there will be uh, that there, there will be successes and breakthroughs. Um, there will be funding available to then um, scale them up to, uh, to 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 invest in the um, the, the knowledge sharing um, element of it because we want to tell the world about it to, uh, to to go towards things like marketing as well. So obviously it depends on the kind of solutions that come through as to you know, what that funding will be used for and depends on obviously those proposals that come to us. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we want to find those breakthroughs uh, and tell the world so that it can be as they can be as widely adopted um, as possible. But you know, until now, we've been talking about the challenges, but I'm keen that we go on to talking about the solutions, which is what we're going to be doing in these uh, uh, breakout groups now to sort of try and sort of bounce off some ideas. And I'm grateful to people who have been um, putting a few ideas in the chat as well. Some 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 really good thoughts and comments to get the creative juices thinking. Excellent, Denzel. Well done. And so we're just going to say goodbye to everyone on social media. I'm just looking at the stats. There's been over two and a half thousand people being dialed in from 14 different countries <laughs> and uh, Denzel and I were laughing in our green room that we uh, with a couple of people from Canada we, we love the people from Canada but just to show the reach uh, that uh, that Fresh Pact is, is potentially going to have and we can't uh, say goodbye without thanking the Fresh Pact partners who without the, these partners involved and the, the collaboration that they're creating Fresh Pact wouldn't exist so just to say Blue Skies, Prima Fruit, Fruit Veg and Ghana, Waitrose and Partners, University of Northampton and the uh, Centre for Sustainable Business Practices, University of Nottingham, the FPC, Fresh Produce Consortium, Fresh and Dry Limited in Ghana, the Feed People, Africa Skills Hub and, and Beanstalk Global. Absolute pleasure to, to, to host, host Fresh Pact. Define the problem, discover the solution, change the world. Fresh Pact. Go on, Denzel. I should say we should also thank um, UK Aid and SMEP, the Sustainable Manufacturing Environment Programme, of course, provided the uh, grant funding to, to enable us to set Fresh Pact up and uh, find those solutions. So big thank you, obviously, to, to, to UK Aid and UNCTAD, who also have been part of this programme, too. Excellent. Ne never forget where the money comes from. Right. We're just everyone on Zoom. If you stay there, we're just going to say goodbye to uh, to everyone on uh, social media. This has been a broadcast from Beanstalk Global. Pleasure to have you on. Please join Fresh Pact, www.freshpact.org to create this change we want to see. So we'll say goodbye to everyone on social media. Thank you.